There is a universal structure to the Western novel that goes beyond the call to adventure, the journey into the deepest, darkest cave, and it is this, the hero's search for his true father. Jory Sherman Chapter 1 I expected to experience a deeper sense of fulfillment after completing four years of college. No more late nights cramming for midterm or final exams, or bickering with professors over the clarity of their test questions. And I had already lined up that perfect job at a downtown Kansas City accounting firm with my own private cubicle and reserved parking space. According to the dean, my professors, and classmates, I had done everything right to earn it. The proof was right next to my name in the commencement program. Trevor Hodge, magna cum laude, National Honor Society, Dean's List. A model grad, I was told, with a special gold rope hanging over my shoulders and down the front side of my commencement gown to prove it. But where was this foretold sense of satisfaction? Here we were, nearly one hundred salty graduates organized alphabetically in neatly arranged plastic chairs, our brains stuffed with four years of formula and debatable business theory, all anxious to set foot into the real world, and now, our last task, to listen to the dean's commencement speech that no one will ever remember, just so we can go on to that perfect job. All I had to do was glance down the row behind me at Ernie, my best friend during this four-year trek of the brain, to suddenly realize why it all seemed in vain. He was there through it all. The midnight oil, the long journeys across the campus parking lots, the good and bad test scores, and the hops and barley celebrations afterwards. But now, for Ernie and I, it was so long... Rather than putting all this new knowledge to work, he chose to give three more years to law school at the University of Michigan. He wasn't from around here, so it was unlikely that we would ever see each other again. Plus, like I had told him, there's something about law school that takes all the affability out of people. A bar exam and one huge something or other up their ass to make them forget about what's important in life. Because we were friends, he always took the teasing well, but, in reality, we both knew that after today, it was goodbye. After the ceremony, I gathered with my family for pictures out in the lawn in front of the campus recreation center. My mom seemed exceptionally proud, wearing out my smile with two rolls of 36 exposure film. She took at least a dozen with my maternal grandparents, who drove up from their Arizona retirement retreat just for me. There was my mom's boyfriend, Walter, a Kansas City entrepreneur she'd been dating for a grand total of three weeks. He was rich, and she liked that. She also thought he was cute. I thought he was a penis head. There were several photos with my two aunts and their husbands, plus cousins, friends, neighbors, and a few with Amber, my significant other for the past year. She was a semester behind me, but in the same accounting program. We'd studied a lot together, and we were workout partners at the campus fitness center three times a week. So, you might say we were more friends than 
lovers. We cared deeply for each other, but mostly all we had in common was a keen understanding of generally accepted accounting principles. And for some reason, our dinner conversations over this topic rarely had enough spice to lead to romance. Ernie joined me for a couple of memory photos before Mom handed him the camera to take our picture together. During one of the poses with Mom, I noticed a man behind Ernie who stood slightly to the left watching us. Mixed with the many people in the lawn, from the men in suits and neckties, the women in dresses or pantsuits, to the students in commencement attire, this man clearly stood out. Under the shade of a straw cowboy hat was a swarthy face that seemed rough and leathery. His bodily features were exceptionally thin, especially his legs, which bent awkwardly in faded blue jeans.